views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants and no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. The pandemic, civil unrest, protest, and the road to the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Yes, you are. Afternoon on this Thursday, September 10th. It's 12.06 in the afternoon. Folks, good afternoon. It is uh, John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. I uh, want to welcome in everyone that's watching on Facebook Live. Just find my page. It's John DePietro Show on Facebook continues to explode. We have new viewers every day. We have new followers every day. We have new listeners every day as the uh, program continues to move forward. Uh, before I, I get into the full element of the program, First of all, last hour, if you missed it, she was great. We had Education Commissioner Angelica Fonte Green as a guest. And uh, she is just so impressive, folks. And especially for those people, if you're listening right now, for instance, I know in Woonsocket, uh, some other communities where they're doing the distance learning, make sure you call that school committee. Make sure you make it clear that you want your child in school. It is safe. The virus is under 1% in the state. And your child, whether you're in Cumberland or Lincoln, wherever you're listening, your child, it's safe to be back in the classroom. I want to thank um, uh, the Bouchards and Jeff Gamache, everyone at WNRI. Very, very nice folks. They ran an ad in the uh, both the Valley Breeze and the Woonsocket Call congratulating me on winning. Well, I have it over there. But the best of Rhode Island. Um, can I pull that up? And thank you again to everyone who uh, voted. Hold on. I can... Um, I think I can, well, I think it was the cross, but anyhow, yeah, there we go. Uh, the voted for me, uh, best of Rhode Island, have a thumbs up for that. Folks, it was you, the people, that spoke out and said, uh, Juan, best radio talk show host, 2020, Rhode Island Monthly, top vote getter, over 100,000 votes cast. And John DePietro show came out number one. So thank you to everyone who uh, voted to us for us, and I especially though want to thank uh, the Bouchards and uh, Jeff Gamache, everybody at NRI, <clears throat> so supportive, very, very nice. They um, have nice ads commend, uh, commemorating that in both the Valley Breeze and the Woonsocket Call. And uh, I will be signing uh, copies of those coming up very shortly at another appearance. So, but thank you again, folks. But it's what I like about that is it's the people that voted. It is you, the listeners. It's you, the followers. And what I also, um, as I mentioned, what is also so significant about it is just the news cycle that we are in. This is like winning best of, like winning an award during like World War II or, you know, in the aftermath of 9-11. This is not just some slow news period where then people are kind of asleep and then they just check off. No, this, this is the most significant news period probably we've ever been in of our lifetime. Of this uh, incredible pandemic and then the social unrest and the rioting, the protesters, and then plus you have the backdrop of the presidential election. So that's what makes it uh, so significant. And again, I want to thank everyone. So, folks, this portion of the program as we kick things off of the noontime hour, we're also on Facebook Live for this hour, is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, this is so simple. And when you think about it, and I want to commend Ryan, his family. They are such hard workers and they provide... Excuse me, folks. I apologize. Just such a great service. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. 
7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Such as, well, hey, I know firsthand, you know, I, I am a proud customer of Ryan's Appliance Repair. I went to make microwave popcorn, which I love. I don't know what I did. The microwave suddenly wasn't working. Did I try to repair it? No. Did I just go out and buy a new one? No. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair at 401-710-7096. He and his dad came, up, came over. They had to bring that one back to the workshop. Boom, repaired it. One morning, I had a problem with the dryer. Uh, you know, I talked to a friend of mine. He's like, I don't know. The dryer won't go on. He's like, ah, sounds like a laundromat day. I said, no, it sounds like a day that I'm going to call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed the dryer in about five minutes. He needed a new belt. And then also for the hat trick, the uh, oven would not turn on or wouldn't heat up, I should say. If you have an oven that won't heat up, I, I, is it really an oven? It's like if a tree falls in the forest and no one hears it, does it really make a sound? Folks, he came over. That, then he was showing off because he fixed the oven, I, I think, under five minutes. It needed something new. But anyhow, my point is Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. And... Senior citizens discounts are available. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. So, folks, it's the John DePietro Show. As always, go to the website, depetro.com. And, by the way, when you're there, uh, you know, stop in. We're always posting new stories. And I have a story. <coughs> I apologize, folks. It's not a COVID cough. It's just from wearing the blanking mask <coughs> that dries out Juan's throat. But while you're there, you can also, um, if you ever miss an episode, for instance, maybe you missed we had Don Jr. on. Well, that's listed under radio show. You go into the shop, as I said. Now, if you want to advertise, we're hearing from a lot of people that say, you know, I'd like to get my business on or you want to support the program. It all happens, folks, at the website. If you have a question you'd like me to ask Governor Armando, you just log on. And then under Contact John. And then we have different stories. The shame of Barrington. The uh, the great video of the Trump Labor Day Rhode Island rally that was so tremendous. Uh, our friend Laura put that together on, on short notice, too, by the way. And uh, on Monday, uh, this past Labor Day, say is Thursday, that was um, such a good day. You can also see some of the photos of people that were there. And it's, it's just great. And then we have different stories. Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee speaking at the anti-police rally. Black Lives Matter invading Barrington. And then um, <clears throat> Donald Trump Jr. on the program last Thursday. He called to congratulate me. Donald Trump Jr. class act on winning, being voted best of radio talk show host by the uh, readers of Rhode Island Monthly, the people of Rhode Island. The People Show. This is the People Show. And then, folks, you can also see can Trump win Rhode Island? Now, I want to talk about this controversy out of URI. And I want to talk about it. And but I, I want this because this is something that comes up. And I want you to understand. Now, obviously, listen, I, I, I plan on voting early. And if I could vote right now, I'd be voting for President Trump. And I, I believe that most of you would. Most of you would. Now, but what's unfortunate is, but I, I'm not saying that something can't be done. Hear me out. But it's not enough to just say, and people say, I think he can win. Well, that that it's nice to think that, but then you have to get into the numbers. And this isn't a matter of news. It's not some fake news. It's not fake news. We're talking about vote totals. 
And a problem is, if you're a Trump supporter, hear me out, because in this story, if you win it, don't treat it as a poll question. Read the blanking story. <clears throat> there are some things that need to be done. It would be tremendous if President Trump could win Rhode Island. There are some obstacles. It's not enough to just say, I think he could win. Yeah, well, you know, somebody else. Well, you have to dream it. Well, if you want to dream, if you want to live in dreams or do you want to live in reality. So the fact of the matter is the last Republican to win Rhode Island was Ronald Reagan in 1984 against Mondale. And he got 51. As I write, he received 51 percent of the vote. Nixon in 72 had 53 percent of the vote. Now, hear me out. Let's go under the method that President Trump could win Rhode Island. And we'd all love that. Are you kidding? Folks, if they had a shot to win Rhode Island, he would come in for a rally. You'd have a big presence here. Trump, Rhode Island, they'd give them a big budget. They'll take our electoral votes. The reason they go to New Hampshire is because there's a chance he could win New Hampshire. And I'll tell you what New Hampshire does not have that we have, which is Providence, Pawtucket, and East Providence. But hear me out. In 2016, and I have it all laid out right on the website, depetro.com. Hillary Clinton received 252,000 votes, 54% of the vote. Now, could Biden get that amount or more? I don't know. It remains unknown. Hillary was a very polarizing figure. Now, I actually think President Trump, in some ways, is more popular this time around, but it's very tough to tell because there are people that are quiet, the silent majority, they don't want to say anything. They're going to support him. President Trump received... 39% of the vote, 180,000 votes. Now, but Gary Johnson ran last time in 2016, the Libertarian candidate. You know, that guy got almost 15,000 votes in Rhode Island and a little over 3%. Let's just dream for a moment and say that President Trump, we're going to give him those 15,000 votes. That puts him at 195,000 votes. Folks, the biggest problem is, and let's be very clear, There's a difference between <clears throat> if, if someone says, and, and, and some people just go with their emotions. He's going to win because I say he's going to win. It, it's not as simple as that. We're looking at two Rhode Islands, really three Rhode Islands. Rhode Island number one is West Bay, where a lot of people live. And if I, again, I have this on the website. If I hold up a map, the West Bay part of Rhode Island, a good part of it except parts along the water, are all red. Okay, that's Trump territory. That's where President Trump won. Look at that sea of red. Now, the other side, especially the East Bay, Borington, East Providence, but then you get into Middletown, Portsmouth, Newport, even little, they were all blue. Okay, that was all Hillary Clinton territory. You go into the southern part of the state, Westerly, Narragansett, they all went blue. So, Now, Warwick and Cranston need to be flipped. My point is, the biggest problem, as I illustrate in the article, because I'm about setting up a plan. And I illustrate, if you go to the website, topetro.com, you can read it, what it would take for President Trump to win. The reason I say three Rhode Islands is because Providence is so dominant with the vote. So that's almost like one part of the state. You have the West Bay, where a lot of people that are listening and watching live, and they're big Trump supporters, and with good reason. Everyone they, they know is voting for the president. 
they're voting for the president, and the president does win certain parts of their district. But then you have the East Bay that is very blue. Team Trump needs to, hear me out, if we're serious about, because I, I, you know, yesterday I was mentioning this, these people just post fake news. That, that's not what fake news is. Fake news, if, if you go by the numbers, you can't deny these numbers. I mean, something needs to be done about the Providence vote. We're going to talk to Ken Block coming up at 1230 about ballot harvesting, some of the things that go on with voter fraud. We will talk to Ken about that, who I consider an expert. But just hear me out. If you are with a Republican, if you're on part of the Trump Rhode Island team, I illustrate you need to flip the following cities and towns. Warwick needs to go Trump. Now, a lot of people are upset with the situation in Warwick. You have some you have a good Republican candidate there, Scott Scott Zambarano's in, in Warwick. It's close. That'd be huge if the Trump Rhode Island people could flip Warwick. Cranston needs to flip to Trump. They need to flip Warwick, Cranston. Cranston has Ken Hopkins, B.A. Fung. There's a possibility that President Trump could win Cranston. If that happens, Pat Cordelessa, if that happens, that would be very, very positive. Cumberland needs to be flipped. Cumberland went to Hillary last time. That's a winnable town. If you're Republican, Trump people in Cumberland, you could flip that. North Kingstown, believe it or not, when Hillary, that could be flipped. North Kingstown definitely have some Trump people. And you have Senator Doreen Costas running in North Kingstown. That could be flipped. North Providence needs to be flipped. North Providence, Trump people need to get the word out more. Now, Woonsocket has a big progressive movement. Woonsocket, though, if, if they could get President Trump, <coughs> excuse me, to win Woonsocket, that would be huge. I mean, that would be huge, but it's winnable. Westerly, Tiverton, Warren, Charlestown, Little Compton, and Block Island, they all went Hillary, but all of them. It's not that, you don't need that many votes to flip it. Now, the other thing is, in order for the president to win, some of the towns where he won, they need to over-deliver, like really run the table. For instance, President Trump won Coventry, but only won by 2,000 votes. He needs to win Coventry by like 5,000 votes. President Trump won Johnston. But again, he won by 2,000 votes. He needs to win Johnston by more like 4,000 votes. Uh, President Trump won Lincoln. He won West Warwick. But again, not by huge margins. So if you're Trump in Lincoln, you need to boost those totals. Get him well over so he's winning by like 2,000 votes. And the same goes for West Warwick. President Trump won Smithfield, but by less than 1,000 votes. Smithfield needs to get, there were 9,000 votes, almost 10,000 votes in Smithfield. President Trump needs to take 7,000 votes in Smithfield compared to 3,000 of Biden to really help the cause. He won Burville. He won North Smithfield. <coughs> Situate Gloucester. Those communities need to over-deliver. And really deliver a big victory for the president. He won Hopkinton, Richmond, uh, Exeter, West Greenwich, Foster. Those are the communities he won. And the biggest problem is, folks, something needs to be done about Providence. Listen to me. This isn't fake news. Hillary Clinton basically got 46. You know, I, I have it all in the article. Hillary Clinton between Providence, 
East Providence and Pawtucket. Between those three cities, Hillary Clinton received 72,000 votes. President Trump received 20,000 votes. This comes down to, if you are someone saying President Trump can win Rhode Island, which we all want. Folks, by the way, if he could even just go high 40s, like 45, 46, right? Hillary won 54 to 39, and it wasn't independent. If you get Biden closer to 50, 49, if this becomes like a 49, 46, if, if the president, if the Trump voters could do that, it would really flip the state. But the problem is Providence. The problem is Providence. The vote totals in Providence must be challenged. The Republican Party in Rhode Island, Trump Rhode Island, must challenge the vote totals in Providence. Providence, 45,000 votes Hillary got. And I think this time it could be 50,000 votes. Are a lot of them illegals? Yes. Is there a lot of fraudulent voting? Absolutely. Something needs to be done in order to cut into that difference because Pawtucket basically had 16,000 votes. And President Trump got 6,000. Hillary got 16,000. $10,000. 10,000 difference. That needs to fraudulent votes in Pawtucket. See, you've got to knock these totals down. <clears throat> if they could knock Providence, knock out 10,000 votes and bump the president up a little bit, President Trump could lose Providence. He just can't get crushed in Providence. President Trump lost Providence. By 38,000 votes. He can't afford to lose 38,000 votes because then he lost in Pawtucket by 10. So do the math. That's 50,000 votes right there. That is standing in the way of President Trump winning Rhode Island. Folks, so much would change. Now you have Bob Lancey running against Langevin. Senator Reid does have a challenger. But I'm saying let's, let's deal in reality. Let's find... You know, let's let's have that Bill Belichick work ethic. Bill Belichick just doesn't say we're going to beat that team. No, he maps out how you're going to beat that team. And that's what needs to be done. We all want the same thing. And people in Smithfield that feel everyone they know is voting for him, that's pretty accurate. But we need to get more people on board with that. Um. We're going to talk about ballot harvesting coming up. There's also some embarrassing, disturbing stories out of URI that I'm going to touch on as well. Now, folks, there's no press briefing. We're going till 2 o'clock. It's John DePietro. This portion of the program, folks, I want to welcome in, and they are just terrific. <coughs> Excuse me. It's J. Perry Paving. Now, people, you're not traveling. You're not, a lot of people, you're not going out to eat a lot. So maybe you have some extra money. Well, J. Perry Paving, commercial asphalt paving, experience, resources, skills, any commercial asphalt paving project on time, on budget, schools, churches, parking lots, municipal facilities, your business, your home, affordable, smooth to drive on, benefits of asphalt paving, melts better in the snow, asphalt can be recycled, reused, it's appealing, call J. Perry Paving today. How's that driveway? Having some problems? Call them. 401-732-1730. 732-1730. Look for them on Facebook and their website is jperrypaving.com. jperrypaving.com. 
It's John DePietro. This portion of the John DePietro Show. Folks, again, I mentioned the website, which is DePietro.com. Make sure uh, you log on to the website. And when you're there, we have some um, some great there's a very unique item on the website and it's just angels and if you click on it you have all amazing merchandise that is religious in nature and it's right on depetro.com and it's just angels gifts from the heart so uh, you log on to depetro.com and you can see them right there custom religious items remembrances gifts hundreds of other products all perfect all occasions the website is justangelsonline.com. Gifts from the heart, custom religious items. They also have a great Facebook page. I love the work that Gene does, Just Angels. All right, let me, um, I feel terrible for uh, Eva Mancuso. I'm going to get to your URI story in uh, just a moment, folks. That story out of the University of Rhode Island, it's it's so embarrassing. Um uh, the, the political correctness, and this is the state university, and I don't know, there should be more people speaking out at URI about what's going on in not allowing it. Now, football returns tonight. ESPN is going to televise protesting players and the singing of the black national anthem. I, I don't even, what what is happening? I mean, if, if they want to go down the same road that the NBA has, which is the NBA ratings are way off. You know why? This is not being racist. People don't want to hear it. People don't want to be lectured to. People put on to escape all of that. How about at URI? A 70-year-old mural was taken down at URI, put up to commemorate those that fought and served in World War II. Actually, I have the story. Then we're going to get Ken Block on the phone. And they took it down. Um, because they say it lacks diversity. I, I, it, it's just, folks, what, what is happening? Who's making these decisions? History is history. This is disgraceful. No, it should be celebrated. See, this, this goes plays into the narrative. They want to change history. You can learn from history. Here it is. At the University of Rhode Island that's been on display for nearly 70 years is being removed. It comes after students complained about a lack of diversity depicted in that picture. But the family of the person who oh. painted it, they want the mural to stay. Good evening. I'm Emily Voles. Hey, hello once again, everyone. I'm Dan Janik. Tonight, NBC 10 Sam Reed is hearing from all sides and has more on what could come. 1954 was the dedication of the Memorial Union here at the University of Rhode Island. Since then, there have been two major renovations, but two murals painted nearly 70 years ago have always remained until now. Temporarily boarded up in the basement, two walls in URI's Memorial Union are transitioning for change. We've made a really difficult decision as we aim for the university's future. And we think about who are our students today and who are our students going to be tomorrow. In 1953, now 95-year-old Art Sherman from the class of 1950, who went on to be a professor here, was asked to paint this mural for the new Memorial Union. Oh, I love painting that, yeah. His classmates were coming back from World War II. The student population at that time, just under 2,000, mainly white. Well, I think they depicted 
things of that era. For seven decades, thousands of students have passed by the murals. Staff says recently, for some, it's been a problem. I have received complaints about the, the murals. Oh. Predominantly the persons uh, painted God. and depicted on the wall are predominantly white. And that does not represent who our institution is today. Sherman's family says it did during that time. They have to be looked at as any artwork has to be looked at in the context of its era. They'd like them to stay up to show the ever-changing evolution on campus. It's an opportunity for the University of Rhode Island to embrace its history, to show a timeline and a progression and a change over decades. The university has taken pictures of the artwork, which could be shown through a digital wall that would be put in its place. There's no comparison with seeing it live. The dedication and the work that Dr. Sherman has done from this institution, we recognize that. There are some plans to replace your mural. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> Time goes by and things change. Plans for the digital board that will replace the murals have not been set in stone. We'll keep you updated with the details. In case you know, again, the folks, that is taking down the mural because they're saying it's not diverse enough. The man depicted a mural of what it looked like during uh, when they came back from World War II. Folks, joining us right now, again, uh, when I want to talk about ballots and elections and balloting, there's no one in my mind who's more knowledgeable locally, and that is our friend Ken Block. Good afternoon, Ken Block. Good afternoon, John. How are you? I'm very well. Ken, I want to, um, <clears throat> you know, you have been, to me, the leader. You and I have had so many different discussions about <clears throat> how ballots are done in Rhode Island, uh, how people get around certain election laws. But one of the things that certainly, to me, has emerged is this element of ballot harvesting. I don't remember, Ken, in the past, this being such an issue I think you and I first talked about it when we had that situation in Newport where someone was basically being paid per ballot. But it then it raised its head again with right now where there's so many mail ballots out because of the pandemic. And I wanted if you could just take a moment to walk people through. When we talk about ballot harvesting, what's involved with that? Sure. So uh, ballot harvesting involves uh, campaign operatives, or even sometimes the candidates themselves, uh, approaching individuals, asking them if uh, they're planning on voting, if they would like uh, to uh, use an absentee ballot or a mail ballot. Those are all, it's all the same thing. Whether we call it an emergency ballot or an absentee ballot, they're all just mail ballots in terms of they all work exactly the same way. And uh, these, these operatives will... Uh, in its simplest form, give the person uh, a form to fill out to request a mail ballot. I, I don't have any problem with that. Um, where it starts to go off the rails is where the campaign operative or the candidate themselves uh, asks the individual to check off a box that allows the candidate or the campaign operative to physically handle the actual ballot on that person's behalf. Uh, and there was a, a great story in the Providence Journal that described uh, uh, the Providence uh, Senate seat race where the two candidates, both candidates personally, were handling live ballots on behalf of individuals. Wow. Uh, sitting State Senator Sam Bell 
uh, admitted to physically handling one. And by the way, this is not currently in violation of Rhode Island law. Um, and his uh, opponent, and, and I can't remember her name right now, uh, Joanne jo- Ryan. Joanne Ryan, that's correct. Yeah, uh, and uh, personally handled 17 ballots. And when I mean ballots, I mean the actual ballots. She went to City Hall. She handed in the form this person signed. City Hall gave her a live ballot. Uh, She and he, I don't want to leave Sam out of this because he did it too. Uh, Then they both then took those ballots, in theory, back to the person who signed the form. And, and then they could have very well stood over the shoulder of that person while that person voted, and then they took the form back and then theoretically handed it in. Right? And there's all manner of places where somebody could really do something wrong here, right? Uh, if you're watching the person vote and you see they don't vote for you, well, you don't have to turn that one in, right? Uh, and in the worst case, you have a campaign operative or a candidate uh, with a live ballot who never gives it back to the individual, votes it themselves, and turns it in. There's wow. nothing to prevent that. That's right. And so, Ken, Ken Block, what's uh, so dramatic is you think terrible. of, Ken, now you've been a candidate, you know, the day of the elections, you have to stay a certain distance from the polls, they can't go inside. Can you imagine, this is basically like if they allowed candidates inside of the polling area to almost like assist and walk the people as they're voting inside. Yeah, it's astonishing that we go out of our way to, I think candidates now have to be 100 feet. Yes. It's at least 50 feet. Maybe it's 100 feet from the entrance of a polling place. They they draw a big line that you can't cross as a candidate. And yet we allow candidates to pick up live ballots on the behalf of voters uh, and handle them both, you know, on picking them up and also on returning them. And, and, and I strongly believe that our laws should prohibit anybody related to a campaign in any way, shape, or form uh, from ever handling a live ballot. That's just common sense. Yep. Uh, and and I, it's, it's, you know, and Steve Harrison has defended this practice, uh, says there, there's no, there was no possibility of something going wrong. Uh, and yet here we have candidates handling live ballots, you know, and there is no accountability on what happens to those ballots. Once those ballots are out there, they're out there. We right. don't know that the people who uh, asked for those ballots to be uh, brought to them haven't got them, and we don't know uh, if those ballots were ever returned properly. We also don't know if the candidates stood over the shoulder of the voter while they voted. And the whole thing reeks, and it's terrible. And uh, it's beyond me. In fact, Senator Bell, since he really brought this to the forefront, ought to have his name. He should be a sponsor of a bill to do away with this. Ken Block. You know, what's interesting is is, uh, Joanne Ryan was collecting ballots and the people, they didn't even know that she was the candidate. They th- they just thought maybe she, you know, works for City Hall. Or people don't know. Someone knocks at your door. Hey, can I assist you in voting? They don't even realize they were dealing with the actual candidate themselves. Yeah. Well, so it's even more ludicrous to me. Uh, this, this particular incident we're talking about centered around uh, elderly housing. In yes. Providence. Yeah. Uh, and. You know, these are theoretical questions. We know that these are individuals who are at greater risk for infection from the virus. Yep. Uh, 
And as a candidate for office, your job during a campaign is to get in front of as many people as you can. Right. So how, how can either of those candidates talk about being concerned about the health and welfare of the elderly in the midst of a, of, of a pandemic, and they're physically going into these places and potentially exposing these elderly, you know, the elderly to uh, whatever it is they're carrying around. The, the whole thing is ridiculous. And, and, and I can't say strongly enough that uh, we need to address it and we need to make it illegal with, with a, a formidable penalty attached to it. Uh, if a candidate or a campaign operative or anybody that they hire or anyone who volunteers for them, nobody related to a campaign or candidate should ever be touching live ballots. Not ever. And Ken, you know, as we talked about, I remember that first race that I remember you and I talking about it was it was a special election, I believe, for Senator Teresa Piperweed's seat. And the person who complied with they were investigating the allegations um, about how she she this individual was was very candid that she was basically being paid per vote, per ballot. That was her summer job. She earned, I think it was like $3,000. She would go into the Section 8 housing project. She was collecting, and each vote had a dollar amount attached to it. And that's, you know, maybe that's been going on. But, you know, Ken, I was kind of laughing. Only in Rhode Island is a political consultant considered someone who knows how to manipulate mail ballots. Like that guy, Ed Contugio, that they're all hiring. What what exactly does he do? Because, Ken, what I find... I what I find, well, I think you and I can kind of guess what they do. I mean, what I find so distressing is, you know, they're all hiring him. Matty, you know, Matty Ellis hired him, and uh, Joey and Ryan hired him, and then Ruggiero hired him. This isn't someone that knows anything about polling. He doesn't know about issues. He doesn't know about slogans. His specialty, seemingly, is he knows how to manipulate mail ballots, or whether it's a mail ballot or early voting or absentee ballot. It's like the lines have all been blurred. And Ken, I would like if you could tell us as a candidate, when you've gone down to the Board of Elections and maybe you're watching the vote count or they say to you, these ballots were thrown out. The way it was explained to me is what that, again, this is just what I've heard now, allegations, but like that Cantingo or they were doing it in the Cranston race of Mattiello. And I mean, my God, um, that that Mattiello Frias was a good example. But when they collect the ballot. If you didn't vote for their person, they check off the other person. And then as a result of two votes, they they throw the ballot out. So can you tell us when you've been at the Board of Elections and you've seen some of the ballots from your races that you've been involved with? Ken? John, I lost you. I, I was saying if you could just tell us about when you've been at the Board of Elections and you've seen and observed when they're doing the counting of the ballots or especially certain mail ballots that get thrown out yeah so you know i have not as a candidate ever uh had the time or or the energy at that point uh, to physically be there i've always had others there on my behalf um so i actually have never in person observed that process John. okay but what, what what do you what do you know about it that you could tell us because it sounds that yeah. there's something there what I find appalling, Ken, is these are you have the leader of the Senate and the Speaker of the House, and they they have found someone that knows how to manipulate the process. Instead of closing that loophole, 
so we could have honest elections. They embrace and hire the person that basically knows how to exploit the loophole within our voting laws. Well, what's really, so I, I wish I knew more about whatever black magic is is uh, going on, you know, with, with these consultants that, that do what they do. Um, before I answer your question, I have, a, I have a quick question for you because I don't know the answer to this. Go ahead. For the woman in, in, in Newport with yes. the 250 uh, votes. Yep. Was she just processing mail ballot applications, or was she physically handling actual ballots? Do you know the answer to that? Yes, she was collecting the ballot. She would first get permission from the person to go to City Hall on their behalf, get the ballot for them, bring it back, have them fill it out, and then she would deliver the ballot. Wow. Yes. So, you know, so look, (laughs) I think that there's there's a very simple solution to all of this, uh, and that's that. That's that. You know, nobody involved with the campaign anyway should handle anything other than the mail ballot application. Right. Right. Yes. And, and the, the the handling of the physical ballots has to be taken out of the <laughs> of the people who have the most to gain by yes. playing games with them. Yes. Right. I mean, you know that that's that's really that's the answer to it. You know, and, and all the others. All the other questions, you know, are they matching signatures and doing all these other things? You know, if we if we take away the legal ability for those who could benefit by gaming the system from ever uh, touching these things, I think we largely solve the problem. And let's face it, you know, this idea that 250 votes could be generated out of thin air. Yep. Uh, Listen, but now for a mail ballot application, right? If you want to put, you can lead a horse to water, but you shouldn't. You know, you can't force it to drink, right? So, right. if you if you bring someone a mail ballot application, here you go. You should really fill this out. Fill this out. You should vote. Okay. Um, at that point, the campaign's got to step away. But when they don't step away and they take it to the next step, which is I'm going to go run fetch your ballot for you and I'll bring it back here, and then you know. We'll, we'll fill it in, and then I'll take care of it and bring it back, right? Um, that really, <laughs> I, I know I'm repeating myself over and over and over again, but that's the crux of what's broken here. That's right. And could that, and Ken, would that be through legislation? Again, folks, good afternoon. We're speaking with Ken Block. Is that something that would be have to be changed through legislation? Because maybe you're right. Maybe yeah, this I, Sam Bell is the one to introduce it. And, uh, and you hopefully. You should absolutely introduce it. Yeah. Because that also, if you remember, during the Mattiello Steve Fryers race, there were allegations that man said, and he actually named that Contunio, who I don't know who he, I don't know him personally, but I know the name, and um, that he literally said he was standing inside his apartment, and and he said the man felt intimidated because it was like he was watching who he was going to vote for, and as you and I were saying, that is so beyond the pale. Of what is allowed on election day at the polls, where you have to be 100 feet away from the entrance of the the polling place. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, so yeah. I mean, look, this this should be a common sense uh, thing to fix. Unfortunately, you know, it's the Rhode Island General Assembly where uh, most of the members have their own self interest above ours, right? Yes. Uh, and we're we're asking them to deal with an issue that, as it currently exists, stands to benefit them 
So they're very unlikely to do it, right? I mean, if we're just going to call it the way it is, right? You know, that's that's the way it is. But I think I think Senator Bell in particular, uh, because he really made a case of this, and he's right to have made a case of it. Yes, uh, needs to take it to the next step. He needs to find co-sponsors uh, and sponsors in the House, and they should definitely put forward a bill uh, to clean up our elections and get candidates and campaigns grubby hands off of our actual ballots. Yep. Folks, good afternoon. We're speaking with Ken Block. Ken, one more question before we let you go. The situation in Providence. Now, here we have another election. And, I mean, all you hear about is they they have, quote, the list. And, you know, Cicilline was the one that perfected the list. And there's the list you get your hands on in Providence. And it is just the green light way where now... You have people that feel the whole key of getting elected statewide is you just manipulate the vote in Providence. The amount of votes that come out of Providence is so huge, it dwarfs the other cities and towns. But no one is willing to say whether or not those are actual legitimate votes, which I've heard a lot of them are not. How could someone listening right now, what could the Republican Party do to try to straighten out the voting list in Providence? I, I really have spent a lot of time uh, looking at the lists. And, yep. and uh, you know, for sure, it looks to me, based, based on all the data that I've seen, so we know that 100,000 people uh, were improperly on the list. Uh, Secretary Gorbea told us that. Right. Uh, because she got 100,000 uh, mail ballot applications returned as undeliverable. Correct. Okay? Now, I believe there's another 100,000 yep. that are improperly on the list yes. because you have people who haven't voted for in basically a decade. Right. Um, and, you know, it's very possible to determine uh, whether those people are here or are not here. Correct. Um, and you know, it's a straight-up data issue that uh, a number of, of quality companies could, could help with. Um you know, and what they really need to do is they need to. The Secretary of State needs to do her job, yeah, uh, and address the bloat that's on our rolls. Look, there were two thousand dead people, yes, on the rolls as of the twenty eighteen general election, right? And we had to, if nothing, we I had to find them and yeah. I had to point them out, yep. And the Secretary of State reacted once we did, and they removed a bunch of those dead people from the rolls. But why? Why is there this lack of initiative to clean up the rules? It's really mind-blowing. It is. Uh, you know, as we, as we clearly move more and more towards not in-person voting anymore, ensuring that we don't have bloat on the rules uh, is really crucially important. And I think, I think the Secretary is seeing this internally now, right? I mean, it's, a, it's just a mess. With with what where our voter database is right now, and you know, getting a hundred thousand return pieces of mail out of eight hundred thousand <laughs> is, is mind blowing. Yeah, and I want people just to understand how this could operate, and Ken will know. But if I work for a campaign, I come back to the office and I say, "Hey, I have ten people. I found a family of ten. I'll just say they're the Smiths. They live on." Chalkstone Avenue, five Chalkstone Avenue, there's 10 of them. I register them all to vote. I have the paperwork, 10 different names, and they all checked, 
and they're now registered to vote. I then go back and I have them all fill out an absentee ballot or a mail ballot or an emergency ballot, whatever. And now I have 10 votes and they all used an X. And Ken, you and I both know the the state, the Board of Elections, they don't have the resources to send someone out to knock on the door at 5 Chalkstone Avenue and say, I'd like to meet the 10 members of the Smith family. They they don't because you and I both know that. And, and I got the from in the last 25 years, that form you sign that says under penalty of perjury, I am a citizen of the United States. I'm a resident of Rhode Island. No one has ever been prosecuted for it. As a result of that, there's no one to go and check if there are actually 10 people living at 5 Chalkstone Avenue named Smith that then all signed off on that. There's no way. But I now know, and if I've been doing this for 10 years, I have that in my pocket and I build my own little list. And suddenly I could have, you know, three, 5,000 names of people that supposedly live somewhere. And as long as I keep track of it and go and get it, they're in the system. And they just don't have the resources like a probation officer to go and see, hey, you know, these people don't exist. Much like you found people vote from businesses from a UPS store, they register their dog, there's no way to monitor the system. Sure, and, and, and look, and I, we've talked about this before, but it definitely bears repeating again. <clears throat> Secretary Gorbea, former Board of Elections Commissioner uh, Stephen Erickson, yep. we're all very firm in stating that, you know, Rhode Island has never had a prosecution of, <laughs> of, of, of voter fraud. Right. There's right? uh, never been a conviction. Well, so the Secretary of State was given by uh, a national firm that actually they pay to do this, uh, an example of a duplicate vote where somebody voted in Rhode Island and voted again somewhere else. And I asked if they were going to prosecute, and they said, well, yes, we referred it to the Attorney General. But they referred it to the Attorney General. When the Attorney General looks at, at a voting case, he's got to use Rhode Island law. And... Rhode Island's voter laws expire after a year. It's a one-year statute of limitations. That's right. So they, sent, they sent this vote to the Attorney General after the statute of limitations expired, so the Attorney General can't do anything with it. Now, if they sent it to the U.S. Attorney, there's a five-year statute of limitations. Sure. So, so they're really being canny here and almost too smart for their own good because I know what they're doing, right? They're not even when they have... Uh, a, a case handed to them. They're not interested in getting that prosecuted because then they can't say there's never been a case of voter fraud. That's right. right? And and and, and uh, I was working with Walt Buteau uh, yes. on Channel 12, and we discovered that there were 200 individuals that had two voter registrations. Wow. And one of those people was listed as voting twice. Hmm. And, and we're still trying to push that one through and, and figure out what they're going to do about it. But, you know, they're, they're dragging their feet, they, they wait and they wait. Steve Harrison had 100-plus examples of votes that were cashed improperly, and they just waited for the statute of limitations to expire, and they said, oh, sorry. Yep. Right? And you're yeah, right. That's, that's stri- the game they play. And it's strategic that they submit it to the attorney general's office where it's a one-year statute of limitation as opposed to the U.S. attorney, which would be a five-year statute of limitation. That's right. So, yeah, it's by so design. It's all games, uh, yep. uh, and it's really disgusting because, you know, how do you... Look, I think everybody would actually feel better about things if we knew that there was 
calling the uh, penalties dished out when someone does something wrong. But, yes. you know, our, our elections officials are much more interested in being able to keep up appearances as yep. opposed to actually, you know, taking the actions that they need. And, and that's that's where we're stuck. And, uh, you know, <laughs> until we can get uh, a Secretary of State uh, who's much more interested in you know, and I'm not saying blow up the rules and, and, and disenfranchise voters and everything else. It's not about that, right? But, you know, if we have 100,000 people on the rolls who don't live here anymore. Yeah. And that could be proven. You need to take them off. That's right. And, That's and you know, and, 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 it's, and it's, it's possible to do it. And much, you know, and best of all is if somebody breaks the voting law, violates it, you got to publicly prosecute them and make an example of them. And yep. they're refusing to do it. Folks, he is our watchdog, Watchdog R.I., Ken Block. Ken, great job. Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you again. Thanks, John. Bye. All right, folks, there it is. Ken Block joining us right here on the uh, John DePietro Show. This portion of the program, folks, on this uh, Thursday is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. That's right, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. You know, we're getting a little rain today, so that's certainly helpful. Uh, we could certainly use some rain, get your uh, brighten up your your property, your landscaping, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Look for them on Facebook, PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center, and also online, prmaterials.shop. It's Steve, it's Debbie, it's Junior and Byron, right across from where Allie's Donuts used to be before they became Antifa Donuts. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Folks, as always, you can read a lot of the stories we have. At the website, depetro.com, and depetro.com is brought to you by Mills Coffee. Now, I'll bet there's a lot of people. You live in Rhode Island, and you don't even realize that uh, Rhode Island has this phenomenal uh, original uh, coffee maker, and that is Mills Coffee. You're going to love it. Log on, and you can see them right at depetro.com. We have the link, and they're one of the sponsors of the website. Now, we have another hour to go coming up next hour. Now, what Ken Block said, though, and I want you to hear that, folks, that the Secretary of State's office is such an important office for next year and the Republicans, Nellie Gorbia uh, out there. Now, I didn't ask him, but I, I mean, my first choice would be now, again, it's not until 2022, but my first choice would be Ken Block. If Ken Block could be convinced to run for Secretary of State. Folks, that 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 would fundamentally change the state. Whatever you're doing right now at 1256. Listen, we all want fear elections. And so much of what's happening right now on a statewide basis, you have to understand that the elections where we start things get broken is the elections are not reflective of who people want to actually represent us and me and you. And it's a problem. And if everyone wants person A and person A doesn't win because person B gets chosen simply because the people behind person B know how to manipulate the ballots. That's what just leads to all this terrible frustration. And and I started off the program by saying the situation with President Trump in Rhode Island, that's a perfect example you know, I, I want to encourage 
um, the people that, you know, you're a Trump supporter. I'm a, I will vote for him tomorrow. Nothing is breaking me off. It doesn't matter. I don't care if they come out with a, a bombshell book every single day, quote, bombshell book, between now and the election. That's who I am voting for. And I think a lot of you feel the same way. But what's happening is the way they manipulate the vote with the voting list in Providence, that it, it, is, it is hurting the state because we're not seen as a state in play. It is holding us back. We have to straighten out that voting list. I know people say, what can we do? I'm telling you right now what we need to do. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought by R&R Roofing. Is it time for a new roof? Now, listen, if you have water leaking today, what's it going to be like? In December, January, February, March. How about if some of it freezes on your roof? Call R&R Roofing today. All work guaranteed. Free estimates over 40 years in business. All types of shingles and flat roofs. Call the owner, Richard Rossi, in R&R Roofing. 401-823-1330. 401-823-1330. R&R Roofing. Fully insured. Free estimate. Call R&R Roofing today. Over 40 years experience, impeccable cleanliness throughout the job, fully licensed and insured. The job site is waterproof daily. It's a free estimate, and the owner is always on premises. If it's time for a new roof, call R&R Roofing today, 401-823-1330, 401-823-1330. Look for their website. It's r&rroofingri.com. Again, Angie's List Award winner over 10 years in a row. Folks, another big hour to go on the show. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break right now for the 1 o'clock news, get you up to speed. And then next hour also, we'll look at, uh, we're still getting more election results. And then also the latest on the situation, the people going after uh, with the Meta Comet. So we're going to talk to our friend Lynn Miller. Big hour to go on the show. So we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. It's John DePietro on this Thursday, September 10th. So we'll get the latest with the uh, the news and then another big hour to go. Plus, I have that other story out of URI. What do you hear about this guy? On AM 1380, 99.9 FM, it's 1 o'clock.